Turn your Bible this morning to the book of John, where we just were, John chapter 15. <clears throat> Thank you for your prayers last weekend. We were out at Old Fashioned Missionary Baptist Church, had a good service out there. Uh, Pre Sunday morning and Sunday afternoon. Uh, Thank you for that. Yeah, Thank you for your prayers as we traveled and, and uh, were able to present there. The verse I want to jump off with this morning is verse number 13. And it says, A greater love hath no man than this, and he lay out his life for his friends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come to your house, hear from your word, Lord. God, I ask this morning that you speak through me through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. To your people that they need to hear. In your precious holy name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Uh, this morning I want to talk to you, obviously our, our uh, scripture that I got this morning is on love. And you can't go far without love, without sacrifice. Uh, giving of our own time, giving of our own self, our talents, our gifts, our abilities, all come into the spectrum when you're loving someone. And we think of our family and our friends, and, and it's easy to love people that we know and we truly love. But just the thought this morning of the people that we forgive we can't for the people that just get in our crawl and drive us nuts and some of you might not have anybody like that some of you you know you got your halos going good but i mean me i've got people like that in my life maybe god just gives me folks like that in my life and you don't have to struggle with that but i've toiled with this for weeks thinking about this praying about this how do we show love how do we show christ's love to someone we can't but I, I read that verse and I toil over that. That the man laid down his life for his friends. And as we give of ourselves, we begin to see it. God softens our hearts, and that's how we begin to care for the ones that we can't stand. In Mark 12, verse 33, and it says, And to love him with all the heart. And with all understanding, and with all the soul, and with all the strength, and to love thy neighbor as himself. And more than than the whole work, burnt offerings and sacrifices. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves. How, how many times do we put our neighbors over ourselves? It, it, it's quite interesting. This year we had a, our, our neighbor uh, to the side of us uh, passed away. The mother passed away. And, and uh uh, the first big snow bash we had, and I, I, I went over and I plowed out their driveway so they could get in. They were getting stuck and all that and dealing with everything. And I thought about that for just a second. You know, it takes me whatever time to do this, and next to no effort, which is all I'm about. Sit in the truck, push buttons, things happen. But I went over there and I plowed that out. I, I just thought that there was a time when I, I wouldn't even think of anybody else. And it's like, now when it snows, our neighbors are the first ones, you know, let's make sure they can get out and get in and move in and that kind of thing. And it's not that I don't like them. Can I say it? In Revelation 4, I'm going to twist this for you. And it says, nevertheless, I have somewhat fought against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Turn over to 1 Corinthians, if you would. I want to talk of a lack of love this morning. This is, you know, Valentine's Day. 
discuss it now, but look up how Valentine's Day began. It will blow your mind. Instantaneously, Hallmark has a big plug in Valentine's Day, and then, like, that has nothing to do with the sermon. It's kind of wrong. I think, and I practice this, and you can ask my wife, which I don't know where she is, but you can ask her, we ought to practice our love of our wives, husbands, all year round. We ought to do things for them all the time. We ought to constantly, you know, send them, you know, if you don't want to go shopping with them, give them a lot of money. They'll, get, they'll know what to do with it. It's kind of easy. Oh, there you go. It's kind of easy. But it's like one day on this storm, I love that, what about 364 of them? I, I, I ran out of gas this 
before. I've, I've broken down before. And I've had to walk before down the road. And so I see a hitchhiker, and instead of hitchhiker going my way, it doesn't look like it will kill me. I will pick it up. And I'm on the phone all the time with preacher friends and whatnot. And one in particular, I'm on the phone. I'm like, oh, there's a hitchhiker. And he's yelling at me in the phone. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, and I pick this person up and give him a ride. He's like, why do all these do that in this day and age? I don't want to walk. So my hope is that sometimes when I break down again, because I'm sure it'll happen, somebody would pick me up. Somebody would help me. And this last December, we, our family crime was an example of that. It, during everything that went on with with my uh, with my eye and everything like that, the love that everyone showed us was we couldn't buy it. The gifts, the food, the the everything, so many little details taken care of. But that's the kind of love we're looking at. How do we give that love? How do we share that love? Pastor launched out in, in uh, the CIA to search in action. I can't wait till we get that colored. I wasn't more here when that when that happened. But how exciting is to just quickly go and do some gift, do some nice thing for somebody and run. You know, I, I would suggest that you go to the grocery store and, and wait till somebody comes out the exit door and run up and grab their groceries. They're probably going to kill you. But <laughs> help them carry them to the car. You will get shot, probably, and maced with uh, Lysol because you're know, a good six foot person. But how many times can we be a blessing to others? How many times can we go to the Lord in prayer, which I'm getting ahead of myself? But seeing the need, not doing anything. You know that happens all too often. You know that happens in our churches. Seeing somebody struggle, seeing somebody need prayer, seeing somebody who's who's poor and needy and destitute, someone who's cold. My little children, let not the love of the Lord go. Let the love of in the word keep me neither. My tongue remains patient. Having loving and action. Someone's not to church. Reach out to them. Send them a card. Go pound on their door. Be loving. I missed. Uh, I mentioned this last weekend uh, over in uh, Old Fashioned Missionary Baptist. I said, when someone's gone for a church, and this is just a habit we get into. The first thing is we go up to them. Hey, how you been? We miss you. Give them a big old hug. Well, if you can. But and then the very next question, where you been? And that that. That's a struggle for them. That's a struggle if you've been gone. It's a struggle if you're the one asking it. You're just curious. You love them. You want them to be there. You want them to be involved. And it's a difficult situation. And I've often wondered, how do we get past that? How do we get that past the awkwardness of when someone's been gone and they come back? The Bible says when the one sheep goes astray, Jesus goes to God and inspects the sheep, brought him back into the fold. Our love and action seems to speak loud. See, by we know that we are the truth, and we shall assure our hearts before Him. I want to talk to you just for a minute on mercy. 
We've all been extended great bounds of mercy. And we've extended mercy and grace to others. Just as Jesus extended grace and mercy to us. But mercy offers forgiveness for all of us. In our human factor, we look at offering mercy and forgiveness. And, and it doesn't mean absolution from sin or, or whatever. It's not that you, you block it out of your mind. You forgive them of that. We judge a person on their own doing. But Jesus forgives us of our sins. Amen. He died on the cross for each one of our sins. And then the ultimate love, the ultimate sacrifice is him taking the atonement of our sins. And you have consequences for our sins. But forgiveness in our part process of releasing the hurt and the bitterness and the shame and allowing that person or that, excuse me, that hurt to go away and replenishing that hurt and that bitterness. Some of you are looking at me weird. But when we're done wrong, when we don't take it in the right spirit and we are in our flesh and we, we react maybe, Sometimes when people get hurt, they get bitter. Sometimes when people get hurt, that they get malice towards others. They get to the point where mentioning their name it makes it boil. I've been in those shoes. I can testify to that. I would hear that person's name would just drive me to a crazy thing. I instantly, I know my blood pressure will go through the roof. And it was, I would just be hauling bucks I remember the day, and this is why I remember that so clearly. I remember the day that I forgave them, the Lord forgave me for my bitterness. The great weight was lifted off my shoulders. The relationship was rekindled. But if I had let that seed, there's people that have a seed like that in their life, and they let it sit there, and it stews, and it burns, and it just digs and digs. And if you don't deal with it, you're not going to move forward. You're not going to do anything new for Christ. You're not going to do anything new for your family. You'll eventually just become in a comatose state of, this is what I do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Or fulfilling the motions. But the forgiveness that we need to grant, the peace that we will receive is unsurmountable. Fortunately, we have grace from God that we don't have to depend on our own wills and to give genuine forgiveness. How many of you, uh, how many of you, you know, all of us have kids, you know, one kid hauls off and cracks another one with a baseball bat and, and or whatever, ninth grade, tenth grader, and, and he comes up and, you know, I'm sorry. No, he's not. <laughs> not at all. The genuine forgiveness different than just, I'm sorry. But to forgive someone and to allow that to heal and move on. Mercy is not limited to those who have wronged us, but we can also be a vessel of God's mercy in helping others to heal. <clears throat> I had a lady years ago in our church that called me, and I might have told this story, and, and uh, 
I need more stories, so if you guys could do more wrong and talk to Pastor and I about it, we get fresh stuff. It's hard to, you know, we run out of examples, but this lady had a problem. Her daughter and her were fighting, and, and it had been years this had gone on, and her birthday was coming up, and the mom called me, and she said, you know, Pastor James, will you pray with me on this? I don't know what to do. And, and she said, well, I don't know. I said, take her card and mail it to me. Do I mention the thing? I want to tell her I'm sorry. No, don't mention the thing. Just happy birthday. Love you. Thank you. Love you. I will never forget this as long as I live. I hope the Lord just blessed. And we prayed together. She sent the card. She called me. I believe it was a week later. And she said, we're getting together for coffee. She was so excited, like busting out of the scenes. But the Lord had opened the door and said, they're going to reconcile this relationship. And you know the Lord did. And that relationship was rekindled and sparked, and they're still getting along to this day that I know of. And it was just such a great opportunity to see the Lord's work. It wasn't anything I did. Not one thing. It was all of God. But if I wasn't willing, I guess, to answer the phone and talk to her about that and, and kind of come up with a plan. Sometimes I, I, give, I gave a plan once to somebody and uh, <laughs> it was just terrible. I, I, I told this friend of mine, you know, Valentine's Day. And, and uh, you know, he said, I don't know what to do. She's mad at me. Da, 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 da. I said, well, go get a pizza. Get some flowers and, and go do something special. You know, he went and got a pizza the next day. He calls me and she threw it at him. <laughs> <laughs> but not all my advice was good. Maybe you want to talk to Pastor a little bit more. Get that nail in. You know, at least it was, he said, he actually said, he said, at least the amount of time that when he, when she threw it at it, it was cold, so, you know, it didn't get burned. <laughs> but anyway. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Fold it up, make it sound wrong. Uh, but we don't know the needs, we don't know the struggles each one of us faces. On our, on our brochure, I told this story, uh, and it's not a story, it's the honest truth. On our brochure, Sir Lance Lighter, this picture is, is uh, uh, was taken two days after our church closed. We have our smiles on. My wife wanted family photos, so I got through and got a girl scheduled the date. Everything's good to go. Church closed. Whoops. And then you got to go take the picture. And you smile, and you put your fake smile on, and you look good, and everything's like, oh, perfect. And no idea what's going on in the side of people. We come to church and we smile at each other. We hug each other well before COVID. And, and we love on each other. And we have no idea what we're inside facing. The things that the weights of the world and, and the issues and struggles and situations. We have an opportunity to show Christ's love in our own church family. What is it that God would have us to do? Well, that's kind of an easy question. God would have us to love one another. A greater love than this man laid down his life for his friends. If we get in the habit of showing great acts of kindness and love, God will use you in a mighty way. God uses the willing. God uses the dumb, the, the weak, the feeble-minded. Certainly, he can use you Ephesians 4, 32, it says, And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. 
And how do you engage in the tender hearted? Sometimes we have to shut the world off, shut the shut the phone off, shut the everything in our own personal wants and our desires and our thinking and our crockpot at home and our and our everything we're working on. The minivan's got to blow a headlight. You got to rip the tender off to put the minivan's headlight in. And all these things, everything in your world. And someone at church comes up to you, how are you doing? And you have these casual, yeah, good, great. How are you? Good, great. And they stare at you. And that's the clue. Reach out to me. Talk to me. I'm struggling. And you're like, great. See you in a while. I gotta rip the sticker off the car. And they wanted, they wanted to reach out. They wanted to talk. I'll never forget Mike down here so I can say this. Mike did come up with Solomon at the grocery store. This was a couple of years back. And, and uh, it was it was reached out to me and I've always kept this. But we're in the grocery store and, and we were very new here and and he said, uh, he said, you're James from church. And I'm like, I'm glad he said that, because I had no idea who he was. Yeah. And, and he reintroduced himself. He goes, how are you doing? I'm like, oh, good, good, great. He said, yeah, really. How are you doing? And, and I, never, I never processed that. I stopped. I'm like, wow. And you could tell someone really cared. Far beyond the just, hey, good seeing you. But be kind, tenderhearted, one another. If you jump up a couple verses, 29 there, it says, let no corrupt communication through it has been 32. Ephesians 4, 32. Now go backwards, because that's the way I am. Let no corruption, no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good and useful, edifying, that which administer grace unto the hearers. Grace unto the hearers. We need to be positive and uplifting and all the times that we struggle and we have bad weeks. We need to be positive. We need to show that love to one another. But verse number 30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Ever thought about that? We studied that in uh, a Wednesday night Bible study. And I kept that. Grieve not the Holy Spirit don't quench him. Don't make him stop working in our lives. In verse 31, it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you and in all malice. Some solid principles to live by. We've got, <clears throat> we've got a wider array of people in our community and Christian here and and I'm in town quite a bit, and, and not as much as some of y'all, and, and get to know folks. And uh, I, I was down here one uh, right before Christmas, and uh, I got the mail for the church. And the lady behind the window, she's they've got a store during COVID, and she flaps her little door open. And, Merry Christmas, James. I'm like, I don't remember you, but okay. And I said, Merry Christmas, have a good day. My wife said, You know everybody. I'm like, No, I don't. <laughs> I don't remember half where we think you are, actually. <laughs> but, no. I'm going to wrap this up for you. I know we're getting close on time, and i got a reputation to keep. John 3. Flip over there. John 3, verse 15. I read you just a while ago. 1 John 3, 16. And it's amazing. Study the similarities in these two verses. So 
But John 3, 15, we get some of this stuff in check. We get our priorities right. The greatest love has been shown to anyone is showing God there. Showing Jesus Christ. Verse 15, it says that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God, so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but through the world might be saved. Verse 18, it says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. We need to be able to spread the gospel. We need to be able to do that in sharing God's love with others. And I'm not one of these ones that God's all love and all that. But I am one of these ones that propound the gospel. And in order to be an encouragement and a builder up, you've got to have your heart right. You've got to be ready for God in that really small voice. Well, hey, that one over there, he's been helpful. That one over there, he's with me. And you can get, you know, tracks are, I, I love our tracks that we have here at the church. They're very simplistic. But I'm going to tell you what, whatever you need to present the gospel clearly to an individual, you need to have that ready. You need to have that available. If you can do it from your phone, do it from your phone. But you need to be available and ready when God says, hey, that one right there. And, it's, and, and God, you know how the Lord does this? It's never when we want him to. You're like, God, on um, Tuesday at 4, I'll put that in my calendar. I'll give you about 18 minutes, and uh, we can, we can uh, witness. God doesn't do it like that. God opens the door in his time. And when he's ready, when he's ready to use you, the Bible says that we are to be prepared to give an answer always. So I challenge you this morning on Valentine's Day and love. Go out and love someone. Try to make amends with some of the issues issues and situations. You know, we have so many struggles in our lives and so much dirt in our past. And it's not hard to dig dirt up on somebody. But it's so easy to hold bitterness and to hold ourselves back that when God can't do that. So really this Valentine's Day is a simple and healthy minister. Give of yourself. If you're saved today and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're saved and you know where you're going, if you were to not make it home this afternoon and phone calls would be made and things would happen, do you know where you would be? Does your family know where you would be beyond a shadow of a doubt? And we face these things all too often. But the other side of that is if you can't say beyond 100% sure, yeah, my family knows I'm saved. They know I, I accepted Christ. They know beyond a shadow of doubt that I know that I accepted Christ as my Savior. He saved me of my sins. But if you don't have that settled, why wait? I've seen countless altar calls where no one moves and, and 
Not to wait, not to let it pile up and get worse or what the 